All right, everybody, welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. I'm your host, Matt Mingus, and today we've got a guest with us. Uh, we've got a, one of the board of directors for Nuka of Mill, Tennessee, Mr. Stephen Whitehouse from United Rentals. How are you, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, bro. Thanks for being here. Well, guys, as we all know, this week is uh, Trent Safety Stand Down, and we got our, our Trent Safety Stand Down uh, contest going on where you, you should have gotten the email from Heather. It's got all the info in it with the the toolbox talk in it, the sign-up sheets, and all the info, info on what to do. So take that toolbox talk, go over it with your crews, uh, have everybody sign in on the sign-in sheet so we can send those on the national and you'll get your certificate of completion and your hard hat stickers. But as you're doing it, take a quick one-minute video of your crews going over the toolbox talk and send it to us. We're going to put them all together and, and put put a video together, kind of a appreciation and, and of everybody participating in Trent Safety Stand Down and, and you know, educating people on how important trench safety is to to put out for for all the membership to see and we and we'd love to get all of our member companies involved in that and and steven i know united rail's got some pretty cool stuff on the on the books for uh trench safety stand down week you want to kind of tell us what y'all got cooking yeah man we are we're super excited about trench safety stand down week this is uh this is our Super Bowl week, is what we look at it as, and and you know considering all the circumstances around the COVID nineteen, it looks a little bit different, but uh, we're still coming at it with the same energy as we always do. And United Rentals has laid out a perfect slate of uh, toolbox talks that are going to be virtual this year, uh, that you can sign up through the WebEx. You can go to unitedrentals.com and navigate to our trench safety page, and there's some info there. Or uh, you can obviously feel free to contact me. We can maybe add it to notes or whatnot. That way they can get in touch and we can get them signed up for those, man. But uh, several virtual uh, WebExes going on throughout the day. Uh, we'll have sales reps throughout the state going to job sites, conducting their own toolbox talks. I talked to uh, several of my guys today, and we got 20-plus talks coming in East Tennessee and Middle oh. Tennessee and waiting to hear more about West. But Super excited about what's to come, man. I'll be on vacation, unfortunately, uh, so I'll be missing out on all the action, but uh, be uh, taking part in it from afar. That's awesome. And so I hope everybody heard that. Steven's not going to be here for Trent Safety Stand that week, but he left his card with the guys, so if United Rental shows up on site, they'll buy your lunch. That's right. And, hey, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned this already, but we are sponsoring lunch for the Toolbox Talk competition. So That's correct. Yeah, make sure you get those in, man. Lunch on Steven Whitehouse, that's a rare occasion. <laughs> That's correct. Yes, United Rentals is one of the sponsors for our lunch for the winner of the Trent Safety Stand Down Contest. So, the the and, and you're right. I did forget to mention that when I was talking about it. But the the company who has the most most participants in Trent Safety Stand Down this year will win a lunch for the company provided by United Rentals and Tennessee 811, two of our great partners in safe digging and, and trench safety. So, but with with that, we're going to talk a little bit about trench safety. Just, just on our own uh, in this podcast, because uh, guys, this is this is probably the biggest hazard in our industry as as ditch diggers is trench collapses and trench safety and, and what happens uh, or what could happen out there on a job site. So, you know, one of the keys to trench safety is having a competent person. And I know United Rentals does a lot of competent person training, and you know, we in the chapter have a NUCA certified competent person trainer. So, if you guys have any training needs reach out to steven uh, reach out to heather and you know we'll, we'll make sure everybody gets need get gets the training they needed or and, and so, so everybody can be safe out there and, and some of the keys to, for what a competent person must be able to do is a competent person one needs to be trained needs to be experienced needs to be knowledgeable conduct daily job site uh, in, inspections on your trenches and one of the things that gets lost a lot of times on the daily inspections is 
if something changes during the day, rainstorm, something like that blows through, you need to do another inspection on your trench to make sure that it's still safe. Uh, and then also, and the big responsibility is to be able to recognize and stop any unsafe conditions on a job site. Yeah, I just kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, man. I, we hear it all the time that I've been in this industry for 25 plus years. I know what I'm doing. So the experience can only take you so far. Um because a lot of times those guys that have been doing it for 25 years, they can't explain to you the difference between a C60 soil and a, and a B, B soil. So um, that's why the training and, and, you know, the inspections, those things are super important. And it's got to be a mixture of all the things that you just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and don't ever get caught up in that. I've been doing this for 25 years. I know what I'm doing because just because you've done it for a long time, and I'm not saying to discount that experience because that experience is extremely valuable, but there's things change, there's new technologies, there's, and the attitude of I've done this for a long time can lead to complacency and complacency can cause you to miss something. So always be on your toes, always be ready to accept, uh, you know, advice from others. Or, you know, if someone says, Hey, this doesn't look right. It's okay to take a second and look at it. I, I can promise you there's no job for any company I've ever met that it, it what's going to break them to take five minutes to look at something to make sure it's safe. Because the fact of the matter is, if you have an unsupported trench because a competent person wasn't properly trained, it will collapse at some point. Uh, there's no there's no way to tell when it's going to happen, uh, how it's going to happen, and an unsupported open trench will collapse at some point. So if you're in a trench that's not been inspected by a competent person, get out, find out who the competent person is, get that trench inspected, and make sure it's safe to be in. Um, one of the things, guys... I want to talk about a little bit is trench fatalities over the past few years because they've really kind of jumped through the roof here lately and i'm not sure they were super low there for a few years and i think maybe four people a year died in a trench uh, but here all of a sudden they've just really jumped through the roof uh, ever since 2016 we've been well over 20 trench deaths a year uh, in 2016 there were 36 in 2017, there were 32. In 2018, there were 24. And then 2019, there were 25 again. So I, I'm not sure what's going on out there. Uh, people either not paying attention to what they're doing or people not being trained or working too fast. But that's entirely too many people dying in a trench collapse. When, when a trench collapse is something that is 100% preventable. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, I'm, you know, I was going to ask you this question. I'm curious as to what your opinion is, is why we've had such an uptick, uptick in um, the fatalities over the last four or five years. I th I'd say it's probably a combination of people working too fast in a hurry. I mean, there's a lot of work out there right now. Everybody's busy. Everybody's trying to get stuff done. They want to get this job done to move on to the next one so they can, uh, you know, they've, they've got jobs they've bidded and won. And, and so I think they're working too fast. I think there's people in positions that don't need to be in them. I think they need a little bit better training. And so I think it's a combination of all that, uh, you know, but it's just, it's, it's just, we, it's strange. As of 2016, it's like, boom, everybody forgot about trend safety. Uh, and then I don't understand. Yeah. And when you look at the demographics, Matt, um, the stats show that the people that are dying in these trenches are employees that are under the age of 25 for the most part. And they've only been with said company or in the industry for less than a year, right? So that's something really important to consider whenever you're looking at your crews on site. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times the guy that ends up in the trench is the new guy. Right. You know, you put the new man in there to do low man work, and he's probably not trained enough to be in that trench or to understand the warning signs to look for crack walls or fissures in the in the in the soil or, or to tell you what type of soil it is so that he knows whether or not his, the shoring protection that he may or may not be in is worth a damn. Right. No, without a doubt. And when you look, the, the second part of that statistic is the next demographic are the employees that are 50 and older and that have been doing it for 10 plus years, it, which is pretty wild. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's either inexperience or it gets that word, that, that C word you used a minute ago, complacency. Yeah, absolutely. And so th- those are some of the numbers from since 2016, but I've been tracking some trench collapses that have happened here, you know, well, not here in our area, but across the country. Uh, and this is, this is just a list I've had since March 30th. Uh, there was a trench collapse in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Uh, then there was another one in Rochester, New Hampshire, where a 60-year-old man was trapped in an 8-foot trench. Uh, let's see. Yep, he was trapped at 1.08 p.m. The rescue team was on site at 1.45 p.m. And then I was unable to get any more updates on whether or not he made it or he didn't make it out of that trench. Uh, then there was another trench collapse in Coldwater, Michigan. Uh, let's see, that guy, this man jumped into a ditch to repair a ruptured gas main without shoring it and got trapped. Oh, wow. Uh, there was another one in Clinton, Montana where a man was trapped in an 11-foot ditch while installing a sewer line. There was another trench collapse in Jersey City, New Jersey, where a 35-year-old man was trapped while working on a water line, and he left behind a wife and an unborn son. He did not make it out. Uh, There was another trench collapse where a 39-year-old man died in a trench collapse that was 10 feet deep. Uh, Tool, Utah, where was another trench collapse. Uh, let's see. Two men were trapped in this one, and one was taken to the hospital in serious condition. There was another trench collapse in Rosenberg, Texas, where someone was trapped. A 32-year-old was trapped in an eight-foot ditch. Uh, after 10 minutes on the scene, first responders pronounced him dead on the scene. There was no protective system on site on that one. Hmm. Long Island, New York, two workers killed in a collapse while installing a septic tank. Both victims were covered in five to seven feet worth of dirt. Uh, DeWitt, New York, a a man was trapped in a seven-foot trench collapse. He was rescued but had to have a toe amputated. And then Durham, North Carolina, four trapped in a trench. One got out, two were injured, and a 42-year-old man was killed. The body was recovered at 4.15 p.m. after several hours of being trapped in the trench. So that's... That's that's twelve trenches trench collapses just this year, right? And that, that, that's those that you're you're hearing about, right? That's not the ones that aren't reported, yeah, possibly. And um, you know, I I eat, drink, sleep this industry, Matt. And one of the things that I have set up, I have Google alerts set up on my email. That way, anytime a trench collapse or a trench injury fatality is mentioned in the news, I get an email about it, and um. I get an email every day almost. Yep. I, I did the exact same thing. I set up a Google alert, and that's and that's how I heard about all these trench collapses. And I got another one today. There was another trench collapse. Um, I, I don't remember where. I didn't write it down on my list, but there were they didn't have any details on it yet. It happened yesterday. So another trench. So add another one to the list just, just yesterday. And, and 
What, what's crazy is that most of these aren't single person incidents. On several of those, you're hearing about two people, four people, or you know, more than one person being trapped in a ditch. And I can't imagine if I were working in a ditch next to my buddy or my coworker, and the trip collapses on us. He's underneath me, and I managed to get out alive, but the first responder still. So I'm, I'm basically trapped on top of a dead guy. Like I, I can't imagine what that feeling is for those people that have been in that situation. No, it, it's it's unreal. It's it's heartbreaking when you think about it, and especially that these are preventable, right? Oh, 100%. And, and it's simple. And, and you get to use OSHA's favorite term, it's the three S's, shielding, shoring, and sloping. That's all you got to do. Just be trained on them. Uh, and, and we're fortunate here in Middle Tennessee to have great partners like United Rentals because you guys can assist, can assist us in keeping our people safe. You, Want to tell us a little bit of what you can offer us to, you know, that we can call call up you, Stephen Whitehouse, say, hey, man, I got a trench that's, that's over five feet deep, and I, I need to get some, get something to make sure my guys are safe. Yeah, man, that and that's that's what I love about my job, Matt. It's not that, you know, we got the equipment. Yeah, that's important, but the opportunities to consult with customers on site, that's, that's where we take pride in what we do is, hey, I got this hole, and I, I need to know how I can get my guys into it safely without – without issue and and you know obviously we want you to be under budget and and be efficient but most of all we want you to be safe right and if that means we're going to ask you hey yeah you should slope out this side and not rent a trench box so be it that's again it's it's all about keeping your employees safe and um whether if it is trench boxes um you know vertical shores uh you know the the industry has changed a lot in the short five years that I've been a part of it. And I mean, you've been doing this your whole life pretty much. And, and just the technology that's coming out um, from the inflatable boxes that, that many are coming more familiar with uh, manhole bracing. And, and again, if it fits into a larger excavation, we have an on, uh, in-house engineering department that can help us come up with any solution that's imaginable that, uh, that, that they can come up with. So it's, it's pretty exciting. And, and that's where we, we get the, we get a lot of value out of that, being able to spend time with our customers and, and on those sites when they whenever they can't figure it out. Yeah, and like like Stephen said, it, it they they offer a great value to to excavators out there that are that are working in these trenches and and digging deep holes and and trenches and, and things because they have anything you need to keep your guys safe. And just from my personal experience working with these guys, if is if I need something. Most likely I can get it that day, but I can definitely have what I need on site in 24 hours. And like I said, 24 hours is nothing to a company installing a a, a, a utility. You know, that's not going to break you to wait 24 hours to keep your people safe. Just make that phone call and get what you need. Um, but the, the scary, other scary part about trench safety is that it's not just trench collapses that can be a problem in your trenches. You know, some of the top causes of deaths and excavations, number one is obviously cave-ins. But electrocutions, falls, struck by things, falling objects, drownings, asphyxiation, and crush syndrome. All those are things that have someone has died in a, in a trench from something like that. Asphyxiation is not one that's super common, but it has happened. Drowning, unfortunately, when water starts accumulating in those ditches or you hit a water line and someone gets stuck down there. Or, or, you know, however, the water starts to accumulate in those ditches, rain, uh somebody gets stuck down there water's pouring in on them they're going to be in a bad way yeah a few years ago matt uh up in boston there was a, a horror story that i heard of um and it was all over the news uh, a contractor had had a guy in a hole backhoe was digging and they struck a water main 
and caused the trench to collapse on the guy. So the guy was stuck and the hole was filling with water and he drowned. Right. So it's, it, it happens. Oh yeah. That, that, that's terrible. And there was, you know, we had a, a trench collapse here in Tennessee. I think it was two years ago in Spencer, Tennessee, where the guy didn't drown in the trench, but uh, a road contractor that was out there doing routine road maintenance hit a water line. Well, they called the water department out to fix it. Well, that water had deteriorated the ditch to the point where when the guy jumped in there without shoring it or, or protecting himself, it, it collapsed on him and killed him. So, I mean, it, it happens close to home, too. Yeah, it does. And, and you you know, all these things, the falls, um, I get that alert all the time as well as somebody walking next to a trench or, or working next to a trench and fall and, and land on their head or whatever the case may be. Or again, working in a trench while they're digging with an excavator and the bucket become detached and fall on somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, these are all things that are real and that are happening. That's why you got to be, um, be aware of those hazards when working in or around trench, uh, in trenches. Absolutely. You know, if you're in, you're installing, you know, drainage ditch and you lose control of a piece of pipe up on top of the ditch and it rolls in and crushes somebody, you know, you got to be prepared for those situations. Uh, crush syndrome is one that people don't think about a lot, though. You know, if you're in a trench and you get trapped, no matter how deep, even if you only get trapped up to your knee, crush syndrome can be a real problem because when that, that dirt is heavy, it's, it's putting all that pressure on your veins and your capillaries and all, all you know, your, your uh, I'll forget what you call the, your system that pumps all your blood through your body. I'm no doctor. Cardiovascular. Or, yeah, there you, yeah. Go. there you go. And, you know, it, that stuff gets clogged up while that dirt's on there. When it gets released, it has built up toxins and things in, in your leg while it's been trapped. When that stuff circulates through your system and hits your heart, it could kill you. That's why when that's why they say when someone gets trapped, it's so important to call 911, let the first responders get there and handle it because the fir- first thing the first responders are going to do is make sure it's safe for them to get in because if it's collapsed once, there's a good chance it's going to collapse again. But they're going to make sure it's safe for them to get in, and then they're going to start assessing the victim. And the first thing they're going to do is get an IV started with medicine to combat crush syndrome. You know, that's something people think. Ah, uh, you know, it, it's shallow ditch. It collapsed on my leg. I'm, you know, I'm not hurt or anything. I'm fine. But later on, it can cause a problem. Yeah, I've, I've again, I've heard horror stories in the past of of guys that were alert, you know, talking as they were being rescued from a trench, mm-hmm. and you know, talking with their family, laughing, joking. Um, but unfortunately succumb to their injuries due to crush syndrome. So that is a real thing. Oh yeah. There's, there's been, uh, it's, it's a lot of times it's hard to get follow-up stories on trench collapses. It's like the news likes to report them immediately. And then they kind of, I don't know, go to the back burner, but there have been several reports of people who have been pulled out of trench collapses and they're alert and talking on the way to the hospital and the ambulance. And they either die on being transported to the ambulance or die once they get there from crush syndrome. So it, no matter how deep you get trapped, make sure you go to the emergency room and get checked out and let them know what happened to you. Now, another interesting fact I found uh, when we talk about some of these trench collapses is that 86% of the time, there's no competent person on site for when there's an excavation injury or death. And that's just crazy. So that stat got, kind of leads me back to what you mentioned earlier about why this is happening. Obviously, 86% of the time, there's no competent person on site. People are either working without a competent person or they're not trained to handle it. Yeah, that's it. And um, I can think of a scenario again. You, you talked about some fatalities close to home. I had one a couple of years ago that uh, we had uh, we had delivered a box to a job site. Um, 
at 4.30, and with 4.45, the paramedics were called because an uh, employee was on the site by himself, jumped into the hole to grab a tool, and unfortunately it collapsed on him. And um, again, that's no competent person on site. A newer guy, young guy, he was 25 years old, I believe. Yeah, just a, another heartbreaking story of the realities of, of these collapses and, and the importance of having that competent person and that training in place. Yeah, and I can't stress enough, if a tool or something falls in the hole, just leave the damn thing there. I can promise you that whoever you work for will either get what you need to make that trench safe, bury it and buy a new one, or fish it out with your excavator or backhoe. Like, there's just no sense to go in there over a tool. I, I can't think of a tool that's worth my life. You know, I, Yeah, and, and just, hey, it, it's just going to be a second, right? And that's all it takes. Literally, you, like I said earlier, there is no warning signs for these things. They just happen, and then you're stuck. Um, another interesting stat is 64% of the cave-ins did not have a protective system, 24% of the systems were not used correctly, and 12% of the systems had a, or 12% of the collapses had a system on site but didn't use it. Yeah, so I mean 90, 90%, right? 90% of those are either no protective system or not, not using it. Um, correctly, and um, and we see it all the time. Uh, a lot of people, uh, they'll manufacture their own trench boxes with two by fours and plywood, and, and yeah. call it a protective system. But unfortunately, OSHA doesn't see it that way. Um, so that's why it's important uh, again to have that tab data. Tabulated data is the end all be all document for your your shoring needs. So whether if it's a vertical shore or a or a trench box or, or it could be something that you've owned for years, but having that document is so important because that's going to be one of the first things that OSHA is going to ask you for is where's your tabulated data and they want to make sure that you're using it uh, and it conforms to what that document that you have in hand. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. It, your tabulated data and your three S's, shielding, shoring, and sloping. Just use them. And when you have your shielding, shoring, or sloping, you, you do what the tab data says. You know, if your tab data says you can only go 10 feet deep with this box, don't go past 10 feet deep. Stop, reassess the situation, redo your inspection, and, and get the appropriate stuff. Or if you're, if you're sloping and you end up going a little deeper, stop, take the time to lay your ditch back to the appropriate you know, lay your ditch back to the appropriate angle. So, you know, depending on what type of soil you're in, it, sea soil, you're one and a half to one. So every foot you go down, you go back a foot and a half. B soil is one to one. So keep that stuff in mind. As you're, if, you're, if, if you get deeper, your slope or your bench has to get wider and bigger. So it, it takes a few extra minutes to, to make that happen, but that, that's no big deal. Yeah, we, um, one of the things we do a lot, Matt, that, um, and, and people don't really know a lot about this is again, I mentioned our in-house engineering department. We can come up with a, a site specific plan for sloping for a job site, something that we re recently did for a local contractor that was working in some, you know, rock. It, it wasn't saw so, it wasn't a class a, you know, or solid rock. It was a lot of shale, a little bit of backfill. Um, we, we came up with an engineered sloping, for them, right? That way they didn't have to use trench boxes. So again, something that we can help you with, just let us come out and consult you. That's pretty cool. And don't hesitate to, to call these guys and say, hey, come out and, and check out what I've got because, you know, they're, they're never going to let you go without, you know, they're going to make sure you're safe. So don't hesitate to call Steven and the guys over at United. They do a great job. Yeah, and that, and that goes too with, with the tab dated, Matt. I probably get a call once a month. Hey, I have this box. I don't know what it is. I don't have the tab data. 
And uh, a lot of times we can, we can leverage our resources within the industry and the manufacturers that we use to help us figure out who made that box and if we can get the tab data. Uh, a lot of times we can, um, and there's sometimes that we can. It was something that was made in, in Bubba Shop or uh, a company that may, may no longer be in existence. But again, if, if whatever you have, um, let us know. We'll be happy to take a look at it with you. Awesome. That's awesome. So we, we've talked a little bit about what to do to prevent these from happening. Cause like we said, they are 100% preventable. Uh, you know, you, you have the resources readily available to you just by being in this industry and calling United rentals and, and Steven's going to hate me for saying this, but not only United rentals are not the only ones out there. You know, Sunbelt has, has a good trench department as well. And they're a chapter member. So just, you know, take advantage of the resources in front of you and call these guys and find out what they can do for you. Cause I promise you they'll be happy to come help you. But I also want to go over, you know, a few things you should do. Should something happen, should a collapse happen or should somebody have a heart attack while they're in the bottom of a trench or, you know, whatever it might be, because even though, and somebody having a heart attack in the bottom of a trench is one people don't think about a lot either, either. You know, when we say trench safety, everybody's thinking cave-ins, which are extremely important and a, a, obviously a major problem in our industry right now. But, People can have medical emergencies without a trench collapse happening, and you still have to call 911, you still have to get them help, and you still have to be prepared when first responders get on site. So, you know, I sat in on a, a webinar that George Kennedy did the other day with a, a guy that is a firefighter, and he kind of talked a little bit about what they do or what you can do to help prepare the scene for them to show up. Uh, number one, if an, if an emergency happens, call 911. Number two, appro always approach the trench from the narrow end. So, you know, if you've got a, a big wide trench and, you, you know, whatever end that is the narrowest, approach from that end because that's where they're going to start to assess the trench from. So uh, stage your machines and equipment or whatever you've got at the narrow end. And then when the first responders get on site, they take charge and they'll tell you where to go from there. Uh, place ground guards. If you have any, you know, plywood, stuff like that on site where they can, it, it can make the, the top of the trench more, um, not stable, but I guess conducive to people walking around, you know, you're eliminating tris ha trip hazards with spoles and, and dirt clods and all that kind of stuff in a way, place those ground guards so that they have steady footing when they get there. Uh, turn off, uh, turn off your equipment, you know, park it at the narrow end and turn it off so that you're not adding extra vibration to the ground, increasing the likelihood of a trench collapse. Uh, have your ladder in the trench and ready to go so that when they get there, they've got a means of access to get down to the person. Uh, meet the fire department at the site entrance. Uh, I know a lot of times we're working right along the road. We're easy to find, uh, but that depends on the 911 caller too. Whoever calls 911 needs to give an accurate and descriptive, you know, layout of where you're at so that the first responders can find you quickly but if you're on a, a big site maybe you're working off the road you're on a big industrial site whatever it might be have somebody go meet the first responders at the entrance and lead them back to where you're at where the incident's at uh, limit the individuals on the trench lip get people back away from it you know have, get your stuff staged or ground guards out have the site ready for the first responders to come in and do their job have everybody else back way up get away from it and then have all tools and equipment available to the rescuers. So if you got uh, shovels and spades and 
you know, chisels or whatever you might have been using to work in that trench, make sure they're there and available for the first responders to use because they're going to come in and it, it depends on who you talk to and I guess how political of an answer they're giving you. If they've got an opportunity to save somebody that's in that trench, they're going to take a little bit more risk to get to them. But if they know that it's a, a fatality, they're going to stop and be very cautious about how they get down there. Now, they will not go in without shoring protection no matter what, but they'll work a little faster to make it happen if they've got an opportunity to rescue someone. So there's just a few tips you can you can use if you have to call 911. Um, another thing to have available for them is any of your shoring equipment. If you have shoring equipment on site, um, whether it wasn't being used when the collapse happened or maybe it's not a collapse, it's just a medical emergency, have your shoring equipment available or your company's shoring equipment available. Or, you know, Stephen, I don't know, do you guys make your stuff available to first responders in the event of emergency? Uh, a lot of times, Matt, we, you know, hopefully your your local paramedics or fire department already has a, uh, a team put together and, and we have sold to those fire departments and the rescue shores and things that are used in, in an event of a collapse. Um, I'd, I'd add one more thing to, to just kind of a tip is, uh, and, and this happens a lot too, that we're, we're used as consultants with the fire departments is pre, pre-accident inspections. Having the fire department come out and take a look, especially if you know you're going to be on the ground in some deep excavations. Uh, a lot of times contractors will have you know, Metro Nashville Fire Department come out and look at the job with them and go ahead and have that plan ready to go. That way Metro Nashville Fire Department knows where it's going to be and what's taking place. Um, that way they're as prepared as possible should something happen. Ah, that's a great idea. Any, anything you have with information to that, that trench that that person's in, have it available and, and provided. Um, an- another thing that they, they talked about was if a collapse happens, and, and this is one of the reasons the fire department says it's so important to be on top of your trench safety game, is that if a collapse happens, you call 911, you notify them it's a collapse, the rescue team arrives, uh, they start to formulate a plan, they review the plan with everybody on site, they install their trench panels, rescuer enters the trench, vic- victim is packaged and removed from the trench. They said, best case scenario, you're looking at 75 minutes. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but 75 minutes under, if you're in a six-foot ditch and it collapses on you, 75 minutes under that is, there's a slim chance of survival. Oh, very much so. I mean, you got a small car sitting on your chest in in some of these trench collapses, so um, you'll be lucky to stay conscious for a few minutes of it. Yes, and speaking of the small car, OSHA did a study recently that said that if you're in a six-foot trench that collapses, the force of the dirt falling from six-foot and hitting you at the bottom of the trench is equal to a large pickup truck going at 45 miles an hour. That's going to hurt. Oh, big time. If it, if it doesn't kill you first, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 45 miles an hour, that's not going slow. So, that, But just, just keep that in mind. You you're just got hit by a pickup truck going 45 miles an hour. So if you're still conscious, you're majorly disoriented stuck underneath that pickup truck where every time you breathe out it's not going to allow you to breathe back in and you've got to survive for best case 75 minutes for the rescuers to get on site make it safe to get in get you dug out and they're not going to use 
backhoe or an excavator to dig you out if they've got a chance to rescue you because they if you're covered in dirt they don't know where you're at they put stick that bucket in there they could rip you right in half oh easily and and i've I've heard a lot of stories i've shared a lot of stories with you but i've heard a lot of stories about uh, friends basically decapitating their friend that was trapped in a hole just trying to do the right thing and rescue him but unfortunately it didn't work out the way they had planned oh yeah and, and I mean, we've, we're all experienced on, on machines in this industry. We've all been on them and, and know how powerful they are. Uh, a backhoe and an excavator could go right through a person without skipping a beat. You'd never know they were there. Never feel it. So another tip and, and is more to, I guess, prepare yourself for something to happen or or whatever. It is Like Stephen said earlier, contact the local fire department and let them know where you're going to be working. You know, let them know what you're going to be doing. Um and and just find out if that local fire department has trench rescue capability because many of them don't um there's usually one specific fire hall across or two or three you know across a major metropolitan area that have one and the ones that have them while they have some stuff like steven said because they've sold to them they're not always prepared to go as deep as we work um I I went through the Nuka train the trainer class down in Coppell, Texas, and on the last day of class, we got to go over to Coppell Fire Station. I think it was one, and they have a million dollar truck set up with nothing but shoring equipment. Any trench collapses that happen in and around the Dallas Fort Worth area and surrounding counties, that one truck from Coppell, Texas, is going to respond. So just just think about the size of Dallas Fort Worth itself, and one truck having to get through a major metropolitan city like like Dallas Fort Worth to try to rescue someone. And they said they go as far as three hours away to to do rescue. So if you get stuck and you gotta rely on somebody to come from three hours away, that's not good. Yeah, we're we're talking recovery versus rescue at that point. Absolutely. So so contact now contact your not nine one one. Don't call nine one one. Call the non emergency number. Find out your your who your closest fire department is and talk with them let them know what you're going to be doing um find out if they have trench trench rescue capability and if they don't find out who they would defer to in that situation and once you talk to them you know say hey we contract with united rentals for our trench safety stuff so here's their number if you need to get in touch with them if there's an emergency or whatever or here's a key to our laydown yard where we keep our trench stuff so you need to get it and you can go grab it or you know make sure you keep your stuff available to them you know, make sure you give them United's number because United will be more than happy to help in a situation like that. But just just be prepared. Let them know what's what you're going to be doing, and, and you know that the more information you can give them to help you, the better chance they have to help you. That's right, and you can never be too prepared, especially when you're talking about um, your brothers and sisters that you're working with day in day out. So, uh, not having a plan is planning to fail, especially in in an emergency like this. Absolutely. I like that. No plan is planning to fail. Uh, all right. Well, I've been rambling on at this for about 30 minutes now, so and I can really get going when it comes to trench safety. It's a passion, and it should be for everybody in our industry. You know, there, there is, it, like I said, it's probably the, the greatest risk that we face on a daily basis if they're on job sites is trench safety. And not just cave-ins, but other things that can happen like we talked about. So uh, I guess I'll summarize a little bit. Uh, in summary... Have a competent person who is trained Have a, and always have a competent person on site. Do your trench entry inspections. Use your three S's, shielding, shoring, and sloping. Meet your fire department prior to digging. 
and have an emergency plan. Know what you're going to do and have people assigned to different responsibilities so that if something happens, everybody can react. Yeah, Matt, you, you said a lot of really good stuff there, man. And I, I just want to impress upon people that use those resources that are out there that Matt has talked about, whether if it's somebody like us or Sunbelt, uh, use Matt as a resource. Matt's got a lot of knowledge. And again, he's trained and trained the trainer for the competent person standard. And and then again, um, I'm going to use a, I guess it's a five letter word that Tosha, Tosha, let Tosha be a resource for you. Um, I haven't met a inspector one that they they're asking for those calls. They want to keep you and your employees safe. So make sure you know your local inspectors and have their number as well. Cause they'd be more than happy to come out and consult you as well before an accident or a write up. Absolutely. And, and, uh, Tosha kind of gets a bad rap. Everybody kind of looks at them like the enemy, and they're not. They're there to be a resource for you and, and help you make sure you're staying within the parameters and, and doing everything to keep your guys safe. So don't look at them as an enemy. You look at them as a resource and, and take and use them. Take advantage of them. And we're, we're going to try to get a podcast together with Tosha and, and get some questions answered for you guys, too, from the Tosha side. So if you've got any questions, uh, send them to Heather because we're hoping to, to do that podcast pretty quickly. Uh, but like I said, I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up. I've been, I could keep going. Uh, you got, got anything you want to add, Stephen? Yeah, closing comments, man. Trend safety stand down. You know, let's let's show that uh, that passion, that energy, that that excitement about next week uh, that we do in every day. And then again, just just keep you and your you know your your team safe. I, I always tell my guys, Matt. I I don't want to have to be the one to go have to tell your your wife or your kids that that we lost you at the job today. And I know nobody that's listening to this wants to have to do that either. So um, there's things that we can do. Uh, and until there's zero deaths in in the trench-related world, uh, our work's you know still cut out for us. Absolutely. You know, I, we said earlier that you know we had been as low as four trench collapse deaths a year. Four still way too damn many. There, there's no reason anyone should ever have to die in a trench collapse. Right. So I definitely appreciate you having us on, man. And again. Um, let us be a resource to you. If we can help in any way, give us a call. Will do, man. We really appreciate you coming on. appreciate all your insight and all you do to try to help keep our people safe. Guys, uh, don't forget those, those webinars. Uh, like Steven said, you can hit him up, find the link, go to United Rentals' website. Uh, the link to that stuff is in the email that Heather sent out for Trend Safety Stand Down Week, and it's been in the weekly emails the last couple of weeks, so you should be able to find them. Um, and we'll add the link to those webinars to the show notes of this of this podcast as well. So if you're listening to this and you want to click on there and sign up, uh, they'll just go down to the show notes. We'll have that link in there. Uh, we'll throw your your contact in there, contact info in there too, Stephen. It's all right with you. Please do, man. I'll be on vacation next week, but I'll I'll answer my phone to you. Yeah, make sure you call him while he's on vacation. He loves it. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> the uh, and then guys, also the contest. You know. Print in the in the email that Heather sent out. There is uh, the link to the Toolboss Talk, to the sign-in sheets, and to to posters, to anything you would need to put together your trend safety stand-down plans. Uh, then once you get them done, send them to Heather. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take account of how many people participated, and then the company with the most participants gets lunch provided for the company by United Rentals and Tennessee Eight One One. Uh, and then while your guys are going over these toolbox talks and stuff, do a, do a quick one minute video and send it to us. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll get that, that Nuka appreciation video for all you guys working safety, put safely put together and, and out where everybody can, can see it. And we can show off our industry's commitment to, to working safe and to trench safety. Cause that's that, ultimately that's what it's all about is 
working safe, and making sure everybody goes home to their families every night. So with that, guys, I'll wrap it up. Uh, you guys stay safe out there and keep digging Tennessee. Thanks for listening.